Welcome to Creatively Human, a podcast for online business owners and creatives that goes beyond the work and dives deep into why we do what we do, the struggles and wins we face along the way, and how we fit it all into the kind of life we want to live. I'm your host, Ruth Poundwhite, and I help creatives grow their businesses in ways that fit around their life and values. I honestly loved this week's chat with Anna, who was just so open about her mental health and in particular going through psychosis in 2017. She described what that means and why she shares about it so honestly online. We also talked about her body confidence photo shoots, why they're so important to her, and more generally about her experience of running a multifaceted business online. I hope you like listening to it as much as I loved recording it. Hi Anna, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Hi Ruth, thank you for having me. Um, could you start by telling us a bit about what you do and how you came to do it? Um, so I am a freelance photographer and copywriter. Um, so I help primarily independent businesses to tell their story online um, through branding photography and also through content creation. Um, and this was something that kind of happened very organically as I've always loved writing, um, always enjoyed expressing myself through words. And photography was a later passion that started during my year abroad. Um, I'm a language student um, and having fallen in love with exploring both um, for a couple of years, I was approached by my first clients and um, after a summer in the US decided to go freelance. Um, so that's how that came about. The reason I recently found you is because you've just started doing these body confidence photo shoots. So I was wondering if you could talk a bit about what they are and why it's so important to you. Absolutely. Um, so they are my body confidence shoots that at the moment I'm kind of, I say targeting, targeting, targeting is definitely the wrong word. Um, but I'm hoping to work with women who sit outside of our expectations of what um, beauty is so what we're kind of cultured to see as beautiful um and yeah they came about after I took a photo of myself I was really really pleased with um and made me realize I had no photos of myself that um kind of showed me as as I felt was most natural rather than obviously um kind of typical night out photos or like family photos um, I suppose it's kind of a project looking to elevate um, elevate how we see ourselves. Um, and so, yeah, I was approached by a friend who, um, who I told that initial idea about, and she asked to be my first uh, my first client. And yeah, I've, I've been in touch with a fair few ladies since then, um, and that's kind of the goal. Yeah, it's such a nice idea, and. I don't know. How do you find it, like working with women doing it? Is it is it difficult for you or them to feel at ease with it, or or is it something that actually maybe once you start, they they feel kind of free and it's like quite a nice experience for everyone? So I would say definitely initially, I think there's a little bit of nerves on both end, uh, both ends. Um, I try and make sure that we get comfortable so um, I'll play 
my clients' favourite music. Um, we have a proper chat. We have a cup of tea. Um, get to know each other even more beforehand. Um, and yeah, just make sure that we're setting a really happy mood um, before before taking any photos. Um, and I make sure that I talk ahead of time about what sort of thing they'd li- like to get out of the experience. Um, so, for example, I'm about to work with a lady who has alopecia. And she was saying to me that for her, body confidence is less about her from the shoulders down, but more about her from the shoulders up. And that was her most vulnerable area and the bit that she wanted us to focus on. Um, so it's very much tailored to uh, to what the client kind of needs and would like. Um, and as we go through, we chat through the whole thing. Um, we make jokes through the whole thing. And yeah, it becomes a very collaborative experience. And um, I think once you've kind of been in front of the camera for, for long enough, you sort of forget that it's there and sort of forget that you need to look a certain way it just becomes much more natural and yeah hopefully a really enjoyable experience. I'm guessing it's kind of a special moment when they see the photos and they and they see themselves pictured like as they are and and it's a really I I would imagine like a really nice thing for them to have. Absolutely Um, I've talked about the idea a few times and I've kind of said that um, we see so many photos of women that are taken by men and for men so I think it's really empowering and special to see yourself um, shot by shot by a woman and in a way that's natural Um, and I have kind of been describing it as um, seeing yourself as a piece of art basically rather than standing in front of a mirror and being drawn to the the flaws and doing air quotes and the flaws that we're taught to focus on and obsess over um but rather to see yourself as a whole and as beautiful as you really are oh i love it it's it's great um so i'd imagine that you're quite inspired then in your work by women in general and what else inspires you for your photography and and your writing and everything else you do so for photography um I usually am drawn to magazines um so for years I was a big serial reader in particular um O'Cumley is definitely a favorite um and also sources such as Instagram um I'm very active over there there's a lovely community over there and it's really nice to find people in similar roles or other photography enthusiasts um to not just bounce ideas off but also to see on a daily basis I think that's amazing that we now have the technology that lets us be inspired every single day um so that's definitely a big source for me as well um and having photographer friends and being able to chat about each other's work um I think is also an amazing thing Mm, yeah that's so important and do you ever get a bit like bogged down in comparison on Instagram I think definitely initially uh for the first few years I think it was just too easy to sort of see what everyone else is doing and because there are numbers involved um self-comparison as you say um can be done really easily but having been inspired by people like Jen Carrington and Sarah Tasker among many others um it's 
just been really helpful to recognize that we are all running our own races and that no one no one in the world can do what you can do no one else is going to see things the way that you see them um and no one can write the way you do no one can photograph the way you do whatever profession you're currently passionate about um you have a unique approach to it and that definitely has helped to sort of ease some worries um definitely I still get imposter syndrome I don't really know anyone that doesn't no <laughs> so I, I've kind of accepted that those are just as natural as the the highs that you experience as well when doing creative work that matters mm. yeah I'm I've only recently actually started on Instagram I'm not a photographer at all because my background's writing so when mm. I first joined I was like oh my goodness so many amazing photographers here but I've kind of I'm trying to choose to see it more as inspiration rather than a source of negative comparison and it it's actually it's brilliant place when I look at it from that angle like it's just great to go on there like you said and just be inspired all the time absolutely and I was just thinking back to um you asking about writing inspiration Mm. um I feel that Instagram there's again an opportunity to connect with people through their captions Mm. now and It used to be that you could put, you could only really put the briefest caption ever um, because people weren't interested in reading them. Um, But there are now so many writers, um, even poets on Instagram using every aspect of the platform, um, which is really amazing. And yeah, I think that it all kind of feeds into a really, like we say, inspiring experience, Mm. which... Um, I'm really grateful that it happens to be in in my phone very conveniently. (laughs) Yeah. And the other thing about Instagram, of course, is the stories. And um, I mean, it's just such a good way to connect with people on a deeper level. And and I've noticed you in particular have been really honest in your stories, like really honest about your mental health and um, particularly going through psychosis and I was wondering if you could just talk a bit more about that like what's it like for you to be so honest about something so personal to you so I find being able to speak about um, my psychotic episode last year really freeing um, because I have blogged for many years been present on Instagram and other forms of social media uh, for just as long so sharing things felt very natural and comfortable up until becoming unwell um and for a good I think it was about nine months or so I didn't want to share anything I didn't want to mention it um I told a handful of friends um my immediate family and that was pretty much it because um the trouble with any form of mental illness but especially the more unaccepted um more misunderstood ones is that there is so much stigma and shame that comes along with them. Um, so it was, it felt like a very long process before I was ready to share and to talk about it. Um, but now it's just become normal, normal and um, very freeing because I think it's a great way to offset some of the the stylish personas and realities that we accidentally or intentionally um, project onto onto Instagram's grid and imagery. Um, so getting to chat with people and um, to be really honest, I find really freeing. And I've kind of got to the headspace where 
I don't really mind if people unfollow and I don't really mind if people come along, see me talking about mental health and think, oh, no, actually, that's not for me. Um, because I would rather have um, a smaller but more understanding and more engaged group of people who totally get it and um, really, really want to be part of it um, rather than worrying about appealing to absolutely everyone. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And it and it's so great that um, you found it freeing to talk about. And I mean, one of the things I thought about it is I, I consider myself to be kind of sensitive to mental health issues, but I actually had no idea what what it meant to have a psychotic episode could you just explain what it is absolutely um so psychosis happens when essentially the chemicals in the brain um become completely out of whack um usually it's down to a few factors um including stress genetic predisposition sometimes drug use and in my case, it was born primarily out of insomnia as well, again, linked to stress. So it involves usually a slow spiral that can turn into an acute, sharp event. So in my case, it came out of me working ridiculous hours when starting out my business and being convinced that I had to be switched on all of the time available all of the time for whatever my clients needed and it just wasn't sustainable at all and that kind of coupled with um with things such as political events so it might sound a bit extreme but uh, brexit and the trump election Mm -hmm. were actually really big major causes of stress because again i'm a linguist so that sort of thing had a real effect on my my friendships and my circle so yeah, from there it turned into increased anxiety and that gradually progressed into, um, for me, hallucinations. Um, so mine were only ever affecting my sense of smell, which haven't heard many oh, people. Wow. But yeah, so they were, as bizarre as they were, horrific. Um, and then paranoid thinking. Um, I mentioned how politics played a role in terms of Um, feeding into my initial stress Um, but it also led into some of I don't know what the technical word is but um, the delusional thinking um, that that happened as I became progressively more unwell so it involved that and um, yeah just sort of struggling to recognize what was real and what wasn't and also experiencing I think it's called somatic symptoms but Um, Basically, what I'm getting at is when you believe that there are symptoms within your body that actually aren't occurring. So so you might think that you have an injury that's not there. Um, In my case, I thought that I was my limbs were shutting down and I couldn't use them, um, amongst other things. So there's just a whole host of of symptoms that can manifest at different points and to different um, degrees. I'm lucky that I wasn't very Uh, very unwell on the grand scale of things and I wasn't actually in a psychiatric hospital but it can it can lead to things like aggression and complete personality changes in its most extreme manifestations but they're all part of the same thing they're all a very serious mental illness and yeah hopefully one that we're gaining more understanding about. Yeah because we talk a lot I suppose in general about anxiety and depression and things like that but I don't I don't hear many people talking about psychosis 
And I think it's important. It's important to realize, you know, it can happen to anyone for, for various reasons, as you described. And yeah, it's really great that you're, you're talking about it. Thank you. How did you manage it? Once you were diagnosed, how did you take care of yourself and get better? I mean, what happened to your business as well? So I was pretty lucky in that it was picked up relatively quickly. Um, the longer psychosis goes untreated, um, usually the, the worse it gets. Um, so I was picked up having been taken to A&E actually um my parents I was back home with my parents and they recognized that something wasn't right and a family member said take it to A&E they can actually diagnose mental health um conditions as well um so I was taken to A&E I was paired with a psychiatrist very very quickly it was literally the the day after um who realized it was a psychotic episode um I was diagnosed two forms of medication um the first being I'm going to say the drug name only because if you've also had a psychotic episode you're probably going to be interested because I love hearing about other people's but yeah so I was placed on one called alanzapine which is um one that acts very quickly on psychosis it's the one that they tend to put people on first um but it has a few undesirable side effects so once the symptoms have calmed down people tend to get switched onto one that isn't as fast acting but um like I say has fewer has fewer symptoms and side effects sorry side effects is what I mean <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so that that was the first drug and then I was also given one that treats very 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 severe um anxiety um because part of uh, being in a psychotic state is that your body goes into absolute overdrive um because you're you're reacting in an either um a fight or flight state pretty much solidly so lorazepam um is there to sort of bring you back down um and reduce all of that stress and that um fear um to a manageable level um so yeah so those were the two forms of medication that i was on and then I was also paired with a CPN, community psychiatric nurse, um, who I saw on a very regular basis. I also saw my GP on a regular basis, who was wonderful in that he assured me he had seen psychotic episodes all of the time and was not bothered at all um, that I was having one, um, which was really reassuring. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so I saw him and then I also... So once um, I was starting to recover a little bit more, I saw a psychologist as well to help dig down into why it happened. The factors throughout my lifetime that I kind of fed into the, the thinking that became most present when I was um, when I was in a psychotic state. And so, I, yeah, I had a few ports of call that all slowly and um, slowly but surely built me back up until um until yeah I got to a state where it wasn't it wasn't forefront of my mind even anymore so that was my treatment do you have to be careful now the way you approach your work like have you implemented like boundaries around when you work how much work you take on absolutely because um like I say I had no work-life balance um to speak of whatsoever and it meant that when I came back um, from work I actually had about six months off I believe it meant that I I had to make sure that there were safeguards in place. So one of them was 
getting something as simple as a work phone that I could switch off of an evening and of a weekend while explaining to all clients that these are the hours that I'm available and if I'm if I don't get back to you over the weekend you'll hear from me on the Monday um, at this sort of time um, and just making it really transparent that these were these were my working hours and this was the reason why I had them um, because I've spoken with all of my clients they all know I had a psychotic episode and none of them care in the best way possible which is brilliant um, so as well as those boundaries I make sure that I have self-care days as when I need as and when I need them um, because I didn't give myself the time off that was necessary um, and it it came back and it caused major problems so so yeah now I treat it as if I had a physical illness um if I were to wake up with a cold um and didn't feel able to work then I would do something about it um and it's the same thing with my mental health um a few weeks ago I actually felt majorly burnt out and the trouble with psychosis is that it starts out as burnout um in the majority of cases but um, if you keep going, that's when other symptoms occur. Um, but I felt very much burnt out, was worried that some of the patterns that had happened prior to getting ill seemed to have come back. Um, and so it just meant that I took, I think it was a long weekend in this case, but at any point in the future, I'd just take off as much time as I need, um, making sure that my business is structured so that I can do that. Um yeah that's it that's how I manage it that's really so important and I guess you have that level of uh, self-awareness to know when you need to take time off and I do think a lot of people who work for themselves and this includes me um mm. yeah we do we just think we need to be working all the time we might sort of even judge ourselves by how much work we do or don't get done and push ourselves even when we're not feeling good and it's just yeah it's so important to recognize these unhealthy patterns and take the time out that we actually need absolutely um and i'm a big believer in working effectively rather than working hard um because like you say i used to measure everything in the hours of the day that i worked so starting at stupid o'clock ending at stupid o'clock and working on weekends um on the on a regular basis as well um but studies don't back up that approach as an effective and productive one at all and a lot of the time I think we're in the UK and the US we're very guilty of pseudo working so making it look like we are getting things done when in reality it's possible to be way more productive and way more successful when you spend fewer but more efficient hours um, to getting work done um, so yeah that's something I'm really passionate about. Yeah, I, I am too. Totally agree. Um, I wanted to just go back to something you said. You said that you're quite open with your clients. They know that you suffer from psychosis. And also, of course, it's all on your Instagram and your blog and stuff as well. Have you found it a largely positive experience sharing it with, with the public? I would actually say it's been an exclusively positive experience. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah, which is amazing. And I initially wrote a blog post that was how um, I first addressed my illness and that immediately became the most successful blog post I'd ever written um, which was wonderful and it was shared 
by many people online that I didn't know. It was also shared by people that I did know and had no idea that anything had happened to me. Um, and it just felt very cathartic being able to share what had happened and to get to the stage I am now at where I don't feel any shame around it at all. And I will happily talk to anyone um, regardless of if I've known them for you know, a couple of weeks or, or much longer. So yeah, it's become something that I feel very glad to have been able to do, um, whilst also recognising um, that not everyone can share that sort yeah. of information as well, as well as, as I was able to. Um, I've chatted to people before and said it came from a place of definite privilege um, as, yeah, not everyone has a work situation or the family situation that makes them feel safe enough to do so. Yeah, totally. And do you think in general being being open, being yourself has helped your business? Like has it helped you connect more with people? Have people found you and chosen to work with you because of it, do you think? I definitely think so. I have kind of come to the the conclusion that people don't really buy from you from your services alone and from on paper what you offer I think it's so much deeper than that and um, I have really strong relationships with my clients because they feel like they do know um, do know my story and do know about me and that my my work and my online presence kind of communicates the the kind of person I am and the sort of working relationship that we will have and nearly all of my clients have found me through social media and I have just found it more effective to to be myself and to share what I want to share rather than trying to fit into some kind of corporate box mm-hmm. and be perceived as very dry and very professional um, because I just don't think that works anymore. Totally agree. Um, I'm going to just shift gears a bit because I wanted to ask you about something I saw in your blog. Um, you wrote a post about photographers getting asked to work for free. And obviously this is a problem with a lot of areas like photographers, musicians get it a lot. And my dad's a musician, he gets it. And yeah, I would just, I'd love to just touch upon that quickly. Yeah. Um, if anyone's read the blog post, you will recognize that it's something I get a bit passionate about. Um, but it was just a piece that tried to recognise that I think it's kind of accepted that artists and creatives' work is undervalued. Um, and I think people have said before that they're free and freelancing doesn't actually refer to the money situation. <laughs> um, and it was just kind of uh, a, a reminder that actually work has value, um, whatever that work is. And I think especially when that work comes from a unique creative place, because um, you offer something that no one else can. And for for clients to come along expecting things to just be beneficial for your portfolio, um, I think can devalue, um, devalue the work that you do. And I hope that all of us can feel empowered to push back and say actually these are my rates um or this is the package that covers what you'd need and yeah to to be able to say 
look, this is what I'm worth and I don't have to work for anything less than what I know I deserve. Yep, yep, totally. I mean, you wouldn't hire a tradesperson to do work in your house and ask them to do it for free for ex- exposure. So I just, it's so frustrating that people expect the same of, of creative. I mean, they expect them to work for free to get some sort of exposure, but it's just, it's so frustrating. Absolutely. I think the tradesperson analogy is perfect yeah. because <laughs> like you say, it would be ridiculous and it's no less ridiculous. Um, for for anyone in our type of field yeah I mean uh, it can be hard when people are just starting out I suppose did you did you feel like you had to do any work for free when you were starting your freelance business I actually didn't I don't know how common this is but I had been photographing for myself for um, I think it was about a year or so um, on a serious level again air quotes um and my first clients actually came to me and asked to to work with me and I feel very lucky that that happened and there have only been a handful of times where I have said yes um for working for someone in return for usually travel costs but the rest of the time I I try and make sure that I explain why I need to charge what I do and I understand anyone wanting to get experience, how challenging that is. But I also think that it's important not to do do ourselves a disservice. And even things such as offering discounted rates means that we're not working for free. And I think that's a great thing to bear in mind if you are starting out. Mm, Definitely. Yeah, good advice. Um, I'm going to ask you a couple of parting questions before we end. The first one is what's one thing you're really opinionated about, apart from the pricing issue? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we've kind of touched on the mental health aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you want me to ramble about anything, just poke the bear and get me started on that one. But equally, I really care about feminism and I enjoy my work as much as I do because I work primarily with inspiring women who have started their own businesses and are doing things that aren't really haven't been expected of women um, historically. So I feel really honoured to be part of someone else's journey and to be able to use my platform to share what they do. Um, so yeah, that's definitely something I could I could talk about for hours. Yeah, I feel really passionate about that too. And for me as well, I've had a baby recently, and I also feel like. Um, having my own business is a kind of a great example to him you know of the way women can have their own business they can do their own thing they can be successful and be parents and be whatever a woman is expected to be and yeah I'm really really passionate about that too that's brilliant I love that you're going to teach your son that I think that's so important oh definitely (laughs) okay second question what is your favorite quote Um, So this is a quote from the great wise philosopher that is my dad. (laughs) And he has said pretty much my entire life that if you do the right things, the right things will happen. And I found that really reassuring at any stage throughout my business where there are always setbacks for anyone working on their own projects and um, their own founding their own companies. And I think it's really easy to feel that we can't pick ourselves back up 
and um, to question question giving up, to question looking for extreme alternatives, changing up our style, for example, um, so that we can secure more more business um, coming our way. But I think if you're doing the simple steps and just keeping your eye out for what you need to be getting right, then there's not going to be anything to worry about because like my dad says, the right things will happen. So do you think for yourself also doing the right thing is also staying true to yourself and kind of putting the blinkers on a bit, um, doing things your way and and feeling more sure in your decisions, filtering out all that noise about what you should be doing, you should be doing this and that? Absolutely. I think there it can be important to take in inspiration from other sources, but it's still inspiration and I just think it's so important to tap into our guts, our instincts, and if something feels wildly off, then it's more than okay to to say, actually, I don't want to do that and to explore the way that feels most genuine for you. So, so yeah, be inspired, but don't feel you have to change anything. Totally agree. Right, final question is, where can people go to find out more about you and what you do? So my website is annaconstadine.co.uk. As I say, I'm very much present on Instagram, which is UK, And those are probably the primary places that I am around. So if you do head over to my website, you'll find a couple of other outlets as well. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Creatively Human. It would really help me and the podcast if you could take a moment to review, rate and subscribe. I'd also really love to hear from you on Instagram at Ruth Poundwhite, where I like to get a bit philosophical about online business. And you can find me on my website, ruthpoundwhite.com, where you can read the episode show notes, subscribe to my behind the scenes newsletter, or read more about my own experience of running a creative online business.